1: on Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locks On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Sully Baseball of on, and we'll be back on the pod today to discuss... Our least favorite move of the deadline. We're discussing a move we thought should have been made by certain teams. And then we wrap the pod with our MLB power rankings of the top four teams in both leagues right now post MLB trade deadline. So it's a jam-packed pod as always. But don't forget to join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we jump into this Sully podcast, I want to talk about something that was, of course, you know, looking at it now, it's a little bit late because as I'm recording this, it's 625 Wednesday night, and I do want to talk about last night's game. By the time you listen to this, it's going to be Thursday morning, so you're already going to know what's going to happen the second game of the series, but I want to talk about that first game of the series because it was just another heartbreaking game to the San Francisco Giants that make you Scratch your head. And the saddest thing about the first game of the series against the Giants, I knew what was gonna happen. I saw people like the locked on Dodgers host saying, There goes the D-Backs, doing what the D backs always do. And that was after Zach Allen gave up four runs in the first. But I got on my Twitter at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, and I responded to the locked on Dodgers host. I said, The D-backs are going to make a comeback in this game. And they're also going to blow it in the ninth inning. And that was before they even went down five runs. This was just after they went down four. I said the D-backs were going to come back. And I said they were also going to blow it in the ninth. And they did both of those things. They came back from five runs in the sixth. They put up five runs in one inning to make a furious comeback. They gave up a couple because that's what the bullpen does. So they were down two entering the ninth. But they even got those back. But I knew how the game was going to go. I knew this game was either going to be a heartbreak and in extras, or the Giants were going to come through in the bottom of the ninth. Because once Ketel Marte struck out with men on second and first, I just knew that's what was going to happen. We missed our opportunity. We had bases loaded, and I don't think we capitalized enough, even though we got two runs out of it. So in the bottom of the first, Giants immediately get some runners on the bases. Once I saw Matt Peacock in, I knew the game was sealed. I knew the D-backs were going to blow it. I love Matt Peacock. I love the story, but that, the dude is not a very good reliever. He's not. He hasn't been very reliable all season. Usually when he comes in, good things don't happen for us. Usually good things happen for the other team, and that's what happened. The newly acquired Giant, Chris Bryant, smokes it to Christian Walker. Men on second and third, two outs. So this right here is the play. If Christian Walker makes his play, this goes to extras. But what happens? Ball is a little bit too hot for Walker to handle. He flubs it, tries to throw it over to first. Error. Chris Bryant safe at first. Wade Jr. scores. Giants walk it off on an error. D-backs on the night have three errors. And it's just a, a game from all phases where the D-backs aren't able to help themselves. Outside of offense, I'll give them that. The offense was incredible in the first game of the series. But Zach Gallon pitching. Still has not looked right yet, and the bullpen is still the worst in the majors. But guess what? The D backs have some help on the way. They just acquired JB Wendelkin off waivers. He, this guy, has a career 362 ERA. I believe he sat in the twos uh, from 2018 to 2020, around a 2 3 ERA in that three season span. His ERA is a 4 3 2 right now, but he's still only 28 years old. So, coming over from Oakland, this is gonna be a big boost to that D backs bullpen he immediately becomes their best reliever and maybe he's someone that can be a good reliever out there bullpen next season as they try to revamp this entire bullpen over the offseason and see who they got in their farm system but I just had to talk about that first game of the series because it, it really infuriated me to know that I know the D-backs are going to come back from that five run deficit that four run deficit the, the fact that I knew that in my heart of hearts they were going to come back from a deficit like that and still blow the game, that just lets you know about how this D-back season is going. But considering how it has gone, that's probably the best case scenario for this team. Uh, Competitively tank is how I like to call it. You keep the game close. If you go down a lot, you make up the deficit. But when that ninth inning rolls around, you throw your you, you throw not your best, you throw your worst reliever out there. Your best reliever that could blow the game. I, maybe that's why I should have said your best reliever that could blow the game. And once I saw Toy Lavello going Matt Peacock in the ninth inning, I knew the D backs' fate was sealed, and I knew they were gonna blow that game. Now let's get into the pod with Sully Baseball of Lockdown MLB. So after all the dust has settled from the MLB trade deadline, what was your least favorite move? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I, it's easily I know which one's my least favorite move. It's everything the Cardinals did. I just don't yeah. get going after John Lester and Jay Happ. When you got someone like Merrill Kelly, who's younger and better at this current point.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals, the Cardinals moves made zero sense to me. Uh, that just, that just seemed to me like they were placating a fan base. Who wanted them to do something? Well, I got you, John Lester. You recognize that name, right? Uh, I don't understand. It was a dumb move. Uh, the The dumbest decision. I guess mm. I got to phrase it like this: mm. the dumbest decision, not the dumbest move, but the dumbest decision. At the trade deadline was Colorado mm-hmm. standing pat. They had a valuable trade chip in Trevor Story, who's going to walk and had value, and they get they didn't trade him. And you know what that does? That puts a huge amount of pressure on the draft pick that they're going to get for Trevor Story because they're bench- they're basically saying, what we're going to get from the draft is going to be better than what we're getting in the trade market. They could have gotten something for John Gray. You're trying to tell me there wasn't another team that could use another starting pitcher or Herman Marquez? The Rockies are three or four years away from being a legitimate contender. They needed to get volume in their farm system, not even getting a blue chip prospect. They just needed bodies, living human beings who had an outside chance of making the major leagues into their farm system. And they held Pat after whiffing on the Nolan Arenado trade. That's insane. And the fact that they didn't do anything, I just, if I were a Rockies fan and you know, Paul at Lockdown Rockies, bless you for doing it. No one is ever gonna have to question your devotion or loyalty, that you're still rooting for the team now. Uh I you know, it's uh it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning to me that they stood pat when it was so clear that they needed to do something. And um, so I mean, I think the, the Cardinals made the dumbest moves. The Red Sox made the most curious move, which was Schwarber instead of Rizzo. But the the Rockies were the dopes of the post of the trade deadline. Yeah. If you
1: ask Paul, he might tell you the Rockies are being a little delusional thinking maybe they could resign the Trevor
0: story and run it back. He's gone. He is gone. gone. I have a better chance. I know I keep saying this. I'll change things up. You have a better chance of being the starting shortstop for the Rockies next year.
1: Oh, I like that deal. Do I get Trevor Story's money too? Was Trevor Story making this year eighteen no, no, and a half
0: million? You would you take you would you take his salary in the floor too?
1: Uh, I might have to go talk to David Locke about a little pay bump if I'm playing for the for the Colorado Rockies. We'll see. Just you, saying. I'm just saying. And uh yeah, I mean, obviously the Rockies ineptitude to not doing do anything during the trade deadline. I mean, they had so many they had a better roster of players to to sell and trade than the D backs did. I think John Gray and Trevor Story were definitely two better to uh, commodities than anyone the D backs had. You could even throw in a Marquez, but he's young enough where he could still be, you know, part of a, a core rotation in the in the future, in like you said, maybe four years
0: that, that could but Gray uh, had to go. Yeah, Gray had to Gray. go and uh story had to go.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate for poor Paul over there, but hey, I he still got 12 and a half games on my team. So, uh we won't cry too many boo-hoos for him. But was there a move that you thought should have happened or that you wish should have happened for one of the contenders out there that you're like, "Man, why didn't this team go after that guy because it would have been a perfect fit?" Sully and I will continue to talk about the MLB trade deadline, but with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. wind often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%? even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's get back into the pod.
0: The A's and Max Scherzer. Mm. I think the A's, uh, I would like the A's could have used an innings eater. And actually the other one would be the Rays and Scherzer for that matter. (laughs) Although it was clear that Scherzer was not going to go to Tampa. Uh, But uh, you know, Tampa need to have one more starting. Maybe John Gray with Tampa would have fit. Um, The Kendall Graveman trade was weird. That the Astros trade away their, or that the Mariners traded away their 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 closer to Houston, and then they picked up Diego Castillo, who uh, Susan Waldman of the Yankees, the announcer for the Yankees said, if the Rays call you up about one of their pitchers, hang up the phone, because they seem to always swindle mm-hmm. the other team, and I have a feeling the Mariners just got swindled. <laughs> um, I would have liked to have seen the Red Sox make a trade for another starting pitcher. Um, I think the Rays could have used an innings eater. I think they needed that, especially they, they've kind of needed that since the injury to glass now. Uh, and I, and I would love to have seen a veteran starter go to Oakland, but I think the A's in the end, their starting staff will do okay. I just think they need a little more depth on that end. Um, but you know, I, I think, uh. Uh, Those would be the ones. I mean, uh, I think Tampa, if they had a real innings eater, I think they would be the front runner in the American League pennant, in my opinion. I think now, I think the American League is very close. I think every contending team has a shot. But if I had to say one team had a little advantage, I think it's going to be Chicago, based upon the fact that their bullpen is now so good and every other aspect of their team is good. So. But yeah, Tampa and innings eating starter, I think would have been the most interesting because that would have been the move that would have made the postseason the most interesting.
1: Mm, sounds like Tampa could have been another destination for Merrill Kelly. Uh, I just feel like Tampa yeah. never really makes that big, like, splashy move. Like, I was surprised to even see them go after a guy like Nelson Cruz because it feels like Tampa just never has that superstar on their team unless there's a homegrown guy like a Evan Longoria. It feels like they don't go out and acquire someone that, you know, of a yeah. Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo kind of a like.
0: And I thought they had to the trade chips to do it because they have multiple yeah. players like Walls and Franco. They're not going to trade Franco, but they could trade Walls, who's a major league-ready infielder. And I thought that they may have made a splash, especially because they have as good a shot. I mean, they're in first place right now. Mm -hmm. They have as good a shot of anybody to win the American League pennant. It would be back-to-back pennants and to continue to try to build and and try to save the team in Tampa. Um, We'll see.
1: Yeah, and my choice for that is someone you mentioned, the Red Sox. I felt like they just needed another starting pitcher desperately, yeah. like a Max Scherzer or someone along. Not even it, a Jose Barrios,
0: who they were linked to. Yeah, Barrios would have been a great addition for the Red Sox. Absolutely would have been great.
1: Yeah, because after, I mean, Chris Sale's coming back soon, but, you know, I don't know how he's going to look right away. Yeah,
0: yeah you, can't, you can't throw him in like he's going to be – you know, your 300 strikeout pitcher, you're probably going to have to pitch out of the bullpen initially. The Red Sox starting rotation is razor thin right now.
1: Yeah. After Evaldi, I think all those guys post June 1st, have like an ERA, like
0: North of five or something. Oh, it's something it's insane. Been, and it's going to wear down the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, they brought in Hansel Robles. Congratulations. You know, but I mean, you know, they're, they've been Barnes has been good. They've had a good, you know, Woodlock, they've had a good bullpen. Um, but if you rely on them too much, they can really, they can wear them down to the nubs. And if you're starting pitchers are only going three or four innings, you can't ask your, your bullpen to pitch five, six innings every day. So uh, it's, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I hope they bring someone up in Worcester fast and don't just rely that Chris Sale who has not pitched in a year and a half, probably even more, Mm -hmm. probably two years since we last pitched in a minute, uh, then, you can't rely on him to be that dominant ace that he used to be, you know, anything you get from him must be considered a bonus.
1: Okay. Last question, Sully, before we get to the power rankings, because we've been, we've been on here for a minute. The listeners don't know, but we've been on here for a minute. So, Who do you think improved the most? Not asking you, like, in terms of moving the needle to a World Series. We know the Dodgers probably had the best move, but they were already, like, World Series favorites anyway. So it's not really moving the needle for them that much. So how much? which team moved the needle the most after this trade deadline?
0: Um, The Yankees. Mm. And then the Yankees are not even a playoff team as of this recording. But they, as I said, they needed to address their lineup situation. And the fact that the Yankees have had decent starting pitching this year, and they sat down Chapman for a little bit after those disastrous few weeks, but he's come back and he's pitched well, so that may have been turning some of their bullpen issues around. And oddly, it's been their lineup that needed a goose. And Allen, who they've called up, has been a spark plug, but it was so right-handed heavy that bringing in Gallo and bringing in Rizzo, I think, will give him the balance. And may, as I said earlier may spark Stanton. Now, it may be too little too late because you're also bank. You have to have Oakland go on a dry spell. And I think Oakland's starting pitching is too good to go on a prolonged slump. But the Yankees are right now two games in the loss column out of the wild card spot. So despite all the problems they've had and by fixing the lineup, I think that puts them in a position to make a big run for it. And so I think the Yankees, I have to look at as uh, that's the, the biggest potential turnaround. And I'll give credit to the Houston Astros for picking up Graveman and picking up Garcia. They've shored up their bullpen. They can hit like anybody. And their rotation's been a lot better than I thought they were going to be. So their biggest issues seem to be the bullpen. And I think that they address those issues and uh, will be... I don't think they're better than Chicago. I think Chicago is still going to be the team to beat in the American League in the playoffs. But I think the Astros are going to be really, really tough. And it would not surprise me if, of course, I don't know how everything will align in terms of who's going to be playing the wildcard team or not. But it wouldn't surprise me if the ALCS is the White Sox and the Astros, or as I like to call it, a rematch of the 2005 World Series.
1: Sully and I will... Give our power ranking just a little taste of the power rankings for the top four teams in both leagues post MLB trade deadline. But if you want to bet on who you think is going to finish first in their respective league you gotta go over to BetOnline.ag because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline you have the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB NBA, NHL and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook expert. Promo code LOCKEDON. Let's wrap up the pod. Mm, Oh yeah, that would be interesting now that the Astros are in the American League now. And uh, yeah, I think those are good options. The Yankees for sure. I mean, adding two, you know, boppers in the middle of a lineup that already tried to bop home runs. uh, That's definitely a strong, uh, those were two strong moves for the Yankees, but the team I'm probably going with, uh, I think I'm going to go with San Fran because I felt like the giants were just missing. I felt like they had a lot of glue guys, a lot of supporting pieces for a championship mm-hmm. team, but I felt like they were just missing that one true superstar. I feel like if you put Chris Bryant in the middle of that lineup, that that's a, that's a good looking lineup oh, now yeah. with the Brandon Crawford, a Bryant. maybe you get Evan Longoria back healthy for the post-season run. They still got a couple other guys too. And their pitchers, they're starting rotation. They're playing above their heads right now. So if they could continue that, I mean, Chris Bryant to that mix. I, I really like what the Giants did going after that true superstar because I felt like they were the land of misfit toys. They were just missing that one critical piece
0: in their team. Yeah. And, and that's a great call. And I think he, he can spark, you know, Yastrzemski, he can spark Posey, he can spark mm-hmm. Crawford when he comes back. I think it's a great move. And I, and I, and the fact that he can play first, he can play third, he can play the outfield so they can put him wherever is needed. You know, if Longoria comes back, You know, they've had some issues with their outfield production. Uh, I think it's a great move for San Francisco, who, lest we forget, as of this recording, have the best record in baseball. You know, I mean, they could have the home field advantage throughout through the end of the World Series. So, you know, your Island of Misfit Toys could be hosting game seven of the World Series. So. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a really smart move that they did. because I think he's a perfect fit, and I think the fans and the Giant fans are going to really embrace him.
1: Now it's time, down listeners, for MLB Power Rankings post-MLB trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Sully and I are going to give our top four from each league. We're going to start okay. with the bottom, with number four, and we're going to start with the American League and then move to the National League. Sully, who's your fourth best team post-trade deadline in your Power Rankings?
0: Oakland. Oakland's my fourth best team. I like their starting rotation. I like that they addressed elements of the team. I think the Starling Marte is going to be one of those additions to the team that will improve some of the other players. Uh, at number four, I think the A's are going to hold on to that wildcard spot. I don't think they have enough to to catch Houston, but I like what they've done. And so Oakland's my number four.
1: Oakland, I think, is a good choice, but unfortunately, Oakland didn't make the cut for me. Number right. four for me, I got Tampa Bay. They went out there, they acquired Nelson Cruz. Uh I, I think they're just a really well-built team overall. You got still Randy Arizarina. Uh, I probably messed up his name a little bit there, but a Rosarena, <laughs> yeah. we know who you mean. A Rosarina. Yeah, I don't know why I can't say that name, but we know we did last year in the postseason. Set like the, the home run postseason record. Uh, they still got some other good guys, like a low in that lineup, and they just seem to pitch year in and year out. But the reason why they're number four and not higher, despite being in first place, they don't have their ace. Tyler Glass now is not coming back. They announced Tommy John surgery last week. So because of that, even though they're a team in first place with what? The best record tied with the Astros currently, as we're recording this eight o'clock on a Monday, August 2nd. I'm going to have to say they're only the fourth best team because they don't have their ace for the rest of the season, but I love adding Nelson Cruz and they got Wander Franco now up on the major league level. That dude seems like a future superstar. Who is your number three team in the American
0: league? My number three team in the American league is Tampa. Mm. Uh, And I, and I just want to say, I'm not putting the Yankees up there yet, even though I think they've improved greatly. I'm not going to put in my top four a team, that is shown that they take two steps forward and two steps back all year. I got to see it for a month before I anoint them as big time contenders. Uh, I do think that there there's injuries to their bullpen and to their pitching staff and trading away. Rich Hill, they trade away Rich Hill and Diego Castillo, which is weird because they traded away two valuable pitchers Mm -hmm. in years where they're trying to win. That being said, their farm system is like Skynet just producing Terminators coming up and like just being replaced one after another. So, uh, you know, I, the starting rotation and the bullpen might be 10 guys who appeared in seven games all year and are mowing players down. Uh, I like I love the addition of Nelson Cruz, even though he is not been very productive yet. He's only hit two home runs and he's not hitting well. He'll hit. He's Nelson Cruz. And you put him in that, even the threat of Nelson Cruz with Austin Meadows and Joey Wendell and Rosa Rosarena and Lau and everyone else and Zanino and everyone else in that lineup gives them enough pop to win enough games. That I think that they have overtaken the Red Sox and I think they're going to stay there because I think they're the better overall team in the American League East.
1: I think that's fair point but I got as my number three team actually the Boston Red Sox one reason I think they have a little bit I I like their lineup a lot better than Tampa Bay's with Bogarts Devers Verdugo JD Martinez they got some real boppers in the middle of the lineup they got a core four core five that I think really carry the team additions like Kike and Hunter Renfro has really helped stabilize that lineup as well Kike's having a pretty good season Renfro's having a Very good defensive season for that team. Their rotation, of course, is pretty thin. evaldi has been an all-star this year. But after that, it's a bunch of a who's that guy Uh, or whoever name, whoever name game you want to play, you could do that game with the Boston Red Sox rotation after Ivaldi. But they do have a good bullpen. And I don't want to put all the pressure on Chris Sale's shoulders, but he is coming back. He is an ace, so we'll see what he could do. Maybe he has the arm strength for the postseason run. Maybe you just take it slow with the Red Sox until then. But right now, I'm going to have the Red Sox at number three over Tampa Bay. But I do like your analogy of comparing Tampa to Skynet. One, because I think it makes sense. And two, because it's one of your references that I understand for once. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, so most of those references go over my head. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast, And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And we're either doing another part with Sully, you probably do Sully just because to uh, continue our conversation about the MLB power rankings post-trade deadline. But you're going to have to come back tomorrow to find out. Deuces!